0: Blog Talk Radio <clears throat>
1: Everyone and welcome once again to Madame Perry Salam, the podcast that loves you. I'm your hostess, your groove mistress, your spiritual advisor, Madam Perry. But you can call me Jen, Jennifer, JP, Perry. I'm just happy to be here with you Has have much fun right here in the virtual genie bottle. That is my Salon in Cyberspace, where I am so fortunate to have some fabulous, so many fabulous people come here as guests or call in, listen and share. Thank you also very much. And it's always nice, I think I was saying one time, by the way, if you're listening live tonight, August 10th, 2020, and you're listening on Blog Talk Radio, up there where it says uh, follow, would you click the follow button if you haven't? I'd appreciate that. Or just follow along. Subscribe on whatever podcast platform you prefer, um, and some people have left messages or actually reviews on Stitcher and on iTunes, Apple iTunes podcast, saying uh, what they do, what they like about the show, and I appreciate that. I always want to know what you like and what you want more of. And one of the things people said, and I really appreciate, is people say. You know, if it's a famous person that's on the show, like maybe one of their favorite 80s musicians, like uh, Rudy Sarzo from Quiet Riot and Ozzy, and, and, or you play with Ozzy, you tour with him, or if it's um author like Carolyn Leavitt, who we just had on a month ago, and now she's got a hot new book out called With or Without You, or if it's somebody they don't know, like when I have on, uh, maybe a, a, an emerging author, a uh, musician, Maybe a NASA JPL expert, an anthrozoologist, a sociologist, you seem to like them all the same. You say it doesn't matter whether you know who the guest is or you never heard of them. you like it. And I appreciate that because that's what I'm trying to – that's what I like about it here in in the genie bottle is that it's uh, pretty inclusive. So uh, at least I want to keep it that way, with because you have so many varieties, uh, such a great variety of interests, and so do I, and I also learn a lot from my guests, too. So thank you so much. I appreciate that. And uh, let's see, uh, what else did I say? Bruce Sudano, who was on not long ago, it's his second visit here, Bruce Sudano, the musician, songwriter, he says, please, he still does have some copies of the CD his newest one, in case people want a hard CD, or his manager has them, or you can get the digital version. Um, And, you know, some of the songs that, you know, uh, one of the things, I thought he was coming to, going on the tour, so I could get to meet him in person, because there's a a musical about his late wife, Donna Summer, uh, Summer the musical, and he did have a part in that, and so uh, he was touring with that, but a thing changed this year. Uh, we kind of went into a little twilight zone, but hopefully all that will be gone, at least by next year, and uh, Donna Summer the Musical will tour, and Bruce will be touring with it, or at least coming to visit people. And thank you so much for listening and for everyone that shares. Now, I want to tell you, the cool thing is that I get to meet so many exciting people, and I am I never cease to be... Uh, impressed, overwhelmed, excited, uh, there's just too much in the world to enjoy, no matter what kind of weird stuff is going on, and we may take about, talk about weird stuff too, but there are always things that can give us joy. Um, on one of my visits, and I think I've been, I don't know, two or three times to Book Expo America, I met an artist who, I wasn't familiar with his work then, but he autographed uh, well, it was a sample of a book for me and took it, read it, and just I'm just enchanted. And so he's here tonight. He's not only an artist, it was a graphic novel, but he's an author, artist, actor, playwright, and just a lot of fun. And I've learned a few more things about him, too. This guy has a robot sidekick, but I don't know. I don't know if the robot's with him tonight. <laughs> I hope so. We've got room in the genie bottle for everyone. So I'm going to go ahead. And welcome him here to you, Mr. Beau Shimmeri. Bo, welcome to Madame Perry's salon.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm so happy.
1: I'm delighted as well. Have you been inside a genie bottle before?
2: I have not. It's very new.
1: Okay. I never told one of the first guests I ever had went back and told the whole world I've been there. It's like the inside of genie's bottle. So I guess then the secret was out. So everybody knows. But, um, yeah, I, I just, uh, it's been a while since I met you, but I was just, I was looking at your books one day, and I thought, it, maybe, maybe he would come, maybe he'd come visit Madame Perry's salon, and thankfully you did, and you're here, and you, you've got a lot going on. Um, <laughs> and I I don't I'm know. Sure. I don't know if one show is going to be enough. I I got to be extra nice to you and make sure that you feel comfortable and happy here so you'll come back. Uh, everything I've got about you, you're attempting to complete six lifetimes in one. And I think you're I think you you're certainly on it. Uh being a comic writer, illustrator, actor, playwright, uh amateur cook, costume maker. Uh you sing. And you have, uh, you want to grow up, traveling squirrel.
2: Wouldn't that be awesome?
1: <laughs> You'd be surprised. It's like sometimes, and maybe this is why, sometimes a squirrel will just come up in a lot of books and guests and people. So I'm thinking I maybe need to pay a little bit more attention to what's going on. The time it, it might through.
2: be the same squirrel.
1: It might be. It might be. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone I just think okay, don't 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 just sit back and listen and enjoy it all happening around me. Anyway, welcome. Um let's start with I, I guess then with all that you're doing now, you probably I just picture you now as somebody who began drawing as soon as you could grab a pencil away from somebody. Oh
2: yeah, that's yeah, that's about how it happened. When I, when I was a tiny little kid, I had this, like, little desk with chalk, and that's, like, where it all started.
1: <laughs> so uh, were were your parents artists or anybody in your family, or you just – it was just – Not family.
2: really. No, not, not at all. Uh, when I was real little, my great-grandmother used to draw stuff with me, but she wasn't, I would call, what I would call an artist-artist. It was just doodles and things and my parents constantly are arguing between themselves about where it came from because neither one of them are like artistic in that way.
1: <laughs> so, what do you mean? Do you mean they each tried to claim that they were the I, influence of each I don't each just, know
2: that they were they were they were not, I don't know that they were trying to claim it. They were just trying to figure it out. I wouldn't say blame either, but
1: Uh-huh. no. Yeah. Okay. So, basically, so I, yeah, like I said, I, I just pictured you grabbing the first thing you could grab as soon as, as soon as you could grab something and start to write or to draw and create. And probably, I imagine you had uh, stories and um, worlds and characters going on before you could even express it. Oh, for sure. What, um, tell us about The Seventh of London or the Seventh series. For anyone that doesn't know you, I don't think a lot of people – I know a lot of people do.
2: So The 7th of London started out with me – I had been writing under a, a pseudonym at the time, and I was doing mostly, like, uh, romance. And I, But I was reading myself a lot of young adult novels because I, I tend to, like, gravitate towards them because it seems like authors are a little more free when they write for younger people to be a little more creative, like – I don't know if they think it gives them, you know, the right to make stuff a little bit weirder or or not necessarily less believable, but the suspension of disbelief is a little lighter, I guess. Um, But they were all writing like bad guys who would do these really, really good things, but with no motivation. It would just be like the hero goes to the bad guy and says, Hey, Uh, we need help with this. And the bad guy's like, okay. And, and you never like got to see the bad guy do bad things on the page. And I was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write a young adult novel and there's going to be a bad guy. He's going to help the hero, but he's still going to be a bad guy. And then I started putting stuff together and just thinking about things. And I, I, you know, that's sort of where it came from.
0: Yeah.
1: Because, you know, um, just don't. Like I think I've had a few books recently that I've put down because or or didn't give the reviews they want, and I don't like to give a bad review, but on on NetGalley and places, because there are no all well, very few maybe good or bad characters.
2: Right. I feel like that's one and, of the things that a lot of a lot of people when they're writing for younger people fall into is like they do the just good guys and the just bad guys.
1: Yeah, it's not that way at all. So you've got the bad guy. Tell us, tell us about him.
2: Oh, Jack Midnight. He ended up being like a lot of people's favorite character in the book (laughs) because he's he is he's a he's a. uh, 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 Can I say bastard? Am I okay to say that?
1: You can say bastard. Just don't be. Okay, but you can say it. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Yeah. No, he's a terrible bastard. But, like, he likes certain people. He he reminds me of a fairy in a lot of ways where, like, he'll do really nice things for people that he likes. But if he, he doesn't like you, you know, like – but he definitely – there's always motivation behind what he does. It's not just, like – it doesn't come out of nowhere. And you get to see him be a terrible, terrible person on the page, like –
1: <laughs> well tell us about about Seven and, and how does Seven end
2: Seven what? seven to me is sort of like punk rock because mm-hmm. he just kind of does his own thing and he stands up to like authority and he, he like he's sort of what the punk in steampunk is to me like he tries to do the right thing but Maybe not always in the right way. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And he's definitely he, he has no uh, patience for bullies mm-hmm. at all, which gets him into trouble sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, well, uh, yeah, it gets him into trouble a lot. But <laughs>
1: <laughs> what do you think? now? Th- this takes place in in what era? The seventh
2: story. Uh, the first book takes place in uh, I think it's like eight, I think it's 1865, so Victorian London, but it's a slightly altered Victorian London because uh, the Queen has, for reasons unknown to the general public, uh, walled off the higher, the uh, affluent part of the city from the uh, more industrial part of the city. Mm-hmm. And she's also reclaimed the colonies, reclaimed the United States.
0: <laughs>
2: so it's, it's slightly altered history.
0: But, but meticulously
2: queen. researched. Like I went back to, cause I went back to find certain places where like I could skew the history and, insert characters that weren't in, like, in actual history books, like uh, Lord Sutherland and uh, Rathgate, like, all of those guys. There's there's a point that I found, like, in actual history where I could insert, like, a, a fictional character that would make things skew just a little bit.
1: So the Queen, is this Queen Victoria?
2: It is Queen and, Victoria, yeah, absolutely. And
1: I think about, and I, and I wasn't meaning to laugh at what, when you mentioned that in the plot, but it's just one of the first things I think of is that I was, um, uh, for years I used to be part of a history group where every year we had this one night where we would all get together. Um, it was the pretty much close to the anniversary of the Battles of Wark's Drift and uh, Isan Luana. And so one of the guys that would hold the party in his home pair certain foods for dinner that would have been food that they ate at that time. And then another person in the group was a great, great, great grandnephew of General Godinville Bromhead, who I think was born by Michael Cain in the movie. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so um, yeah, so Rohan, uh, the great great grand nephew there, and all of us, and then of course we, you know, we'd watch the the movie for that. And yeah, it, it, if if I understand correctly, because I haven't read it well, it was that Vic, Queen Victoria just decided, you know, she wanted this land, or she wanted what uh, Pretoria, East and Luana. And so, and so, um, it makes sense that she would want to wall off, you know, the us and them.
2: Yeah. Well, I, and you spo- You said something about the preview. Uh, was that the comic book? That, yeah,
1: it was the one. Yeah, from the book expo. Of it has your autograph on the front. Um, yeah. Yeah. There's, a, comic there's book. a picture. Uh-huh.
2: There's a picture. There's a there's a, a, a series of uh, panels in that where it shows like. The fans on top of the walls that are keeping all the smog and smoke and stuff from the industrial side of the city away from the, the rich side of the city.
1: <laughs> sounds uh, sounds like some things never change. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds funny, but um, so when you so when you wrote the first installment seven, did you expect to write more? Did you plan to write more or? And what kind of feedback
2: did you get? uh, I absolutely planned it as a single single book. Um, But I got really, really good feedback for it. And one of the first people who reviewed it um, mentioned that it was in an alternate history where Queen Victoria took back the United States, so there was never a civil war. And it kind of blew my mind, and I was like, the whole time I was writing it, I never – Never occurred to me what was going on over there, you know, while I was writing what was going on in England, and then I started thinking about it, and I was like, Gosh, that means slavery is still in America, and nobody did anything about it
1: oh, God. i was like i can't
2: I, I can't just let my universe sit like that like I gotta go back in and do something about it, so in the second book, uh seven and Kettlebent and some of his friends travel to America to deal with some of the stuff that's going on as far as, like, that goes.
1: So now did, did your response from readers and reviews guide you in any way toward the next stories or the follow what followed?
2: Um, as far as, yeah, I mean, I had a hard time, like, because everybody loved Jack Middle so much uh or midnight his real name yeah anyway uh because everyone loved jack midnight so much i felt like he should be in it but i needed a like a like like i said he needed a a motivation he couldn't just like oh hey i'm going on a trip like so i i wanted him in it but i had to figure out the motivation to get him over there as well And there's some uh, there's some really interesting moments because uh uh since it's an alternate history uh Lincoln never became president, so therefore he wasn't assassinated, which meant that I could use Lincoln as a character in the book, which was super fun as well.
1: Yeah, you might as well I mean he had such a big year of la- the last ten years with you know with vampires and zombies and stuff um oh yeah. All those diary-keeping vampires and so forth. So yeah, why not have something special? Yeah, right. In your stories, seriously. Um, <laughs> when you now, when you started to draw the characters, did you have certain specific, certain people or um, other characters you had seen before that influenced mm-hmm. you? Does there somebody's? Maybe, maybe you can't name them, but were they? I mean, sometimes.
2: Um, I mean, you know, with with anything, even when you're like writing characters, there's always pieces of people that you know in them, and and like, and so like drawing them. But usually, when I start a book, I, I sketch the characters out before I actually start writing, so I know, like, I have an idea of what they look like in my head, and uh, like, but I wouldn't say any any specific person in this was based on any specific person. I mean I I have done that from time to time, but not with not with seven. They were all pretty much like their own people.
1: Have you ever had people say, Is that me? It's <laughs> funny. It's me, right? It's <laughs> it's me, right? It's, Come on, tell me it's me, right? Yeah, yeah you, they right. Do
2: that? <laughs> it's funny because I wrote uh I wrote um I wrote a a, a, a romance novel that it's fictional, but it takes place in basically my hometown. But instead of naming it like exactly my hometown, I changed it a little. And so I changed some of the names of like the businesses and stuff and the people who are in it. Like they're actually people in the town, but like fictionalized a little bit. For for example, uh there's there's a bar in our town that everybody loves called the Bullfrog. Well, in the in the book I called it the Box Turtle. <laughs> so it's slightly similar but you know (laughs) but i definitely had i definitely had some friends like read that book and go like that's totally so-and-so isn't it and i'm like yeah it totally is yeah that's
1: uh let's see i was reading a um a draft someone's book and it's it's takes place in Atlanta, and there's a lot of people that I know are in it. But the guy, when he was writing instead of changing the names to be very different, like somebody named Spencer would be Sinclair. You know, <clears> uh, Dave would be uh, David or something. So I said, you know, you're not really going very far off on the uh, – <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: if you're worried about a little libel situations, I don't think that you're going to uh, – you're going to get past people with that. They're not going to fall for all this. Um. Now, right now, as I understand, you're working on—is this the the third, and is this the final installment of seven? Yeah, this story? will be
2: the this will be the final book in the seventh storyline. Uh, spoiler alert: Seven is is traveling right now. He's okay. uh he's in search he's in search of a a scientist and inventor who uh, allegedly created a an automaton person that thinks for itself and after after they dealt with the whole slavery situation in uh America, seven was kind of upset that it didn't it it fixed certain things but it didn't fix everything, and so he's he's kind of like obsessed with the idea of of these robots that will. Sort of even out the classes basically, so that like people or people of color won't be just assumed to be uh you know the like laborers basically
1: when, uh, and uh, and, and when, when will be when will we be able to have this
2: oh, it's probably not going to be for a little while.
1: Okay. <laughs> now when, when you wrote, you, you, your first books were romance novels. Mm-hmm. And how, what was it like writing romance? Was this, now was it men's romance?
2: It was male-male romance to begin yeah. with. Um, and <laughs> yeah. it wasn't, I don't know, it wasn't that difficult. I mean people are just people. Mm-hmm. But like I I never liked romance novels where like the romance was the only point of the book. So most most of my romance novels were not strictly romance. They were more, more adventure and and fantasy and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. With the romance, you know, woven into it.
1: <laughs> so it's like once and this was many years ago, um I was looking for a book um, in the erotica section, and I did not realize the one I had gotten was Mail Mail. And I get it home and started reading. I think it had Vampires and Mail Mail. One of the – I thought, well, I've already got it. It's too late to go back to the store and, and swap it. One of the best books I ever read. Yeah. And I thought, you know, it's <laughs> – and like I said, this could have been 20 years ago, and I just thought, you know, what do we miss when we think we will or won't like something
2: like that? Yeah, or, or um, write something off just because, like, oh, it's erotica, so there's no not going to be a story or, you know what I mean? Oh, yeah,
1: exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's why whenever, you know those, uh, you, you've probably heard of this thing where, or you may have gotten when you get these emails from somebody that says that they've uh, got your Password, they've been uh, – they've captured you on film watching porn in your home.
2: Oh, yeah,
1: $7, right. $7,000 or uh, 3000 something in Bitcoin or some other kind of uh, – Yeah. Something like that, cryptocurrency. And I always uh, – <laughs> or else we'll share this so everybody will see it. I'm thinking, okay, now I yeah, know. Yeah, all your I friends see,
2: will know what you do.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Exactly. That's all. Okay. Yeah. If you knew what you were doing, you'd know that I'm very old school. I've got a book in there. Okay. You know. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I'm not going to be a uh, listen. Even when I people talk about telemedicine, and I got something from uh, uh, uh from the OBGYN saying, hey, you want to do some telemedicine? I told my husband, I don't care if it is the same address, the same web address, and the same logos and the same people. You're not going to come in here and find me with one leg up on each side of the desk saying, okay, how, 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 what? <laughs> get your little treasure <laughs> hunt over with you know no he goes honey I think that's, that's that really is legit with them they don't want you to yeah 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 you're not going to fool me like that fool me either with the porn so uh, <laughs> I said, no I'm too old school but um, but did you did your fans did your readers um, grow and did did, uh, did you did the people write to you a lot or talk to you I know you had several book signings and so forth
2: <sighs> yeah, I mean, not as much as I kind of expected, I guess. But mm-hmm. I feel like a lot of, I don't know, a lot of readers might be, like, intimidated to send that first letter. Or, like, I've had several people write me and talk to me, but not I, not quite as many as I thought might, I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I can imagine. But hopefully... Um... Hopefully now, hopefully things are getting, people are getting more comfortable with that. Um, by the way, if you're listening live tonight on August 10th, folks, and you want to talk to Bo Shimmeri, uh you can give us a call at 646-716-9922. It's a toll-free call in the continental U.S. Blog Talk Radio assures me. Or for the people who can't make a phone call, you may have had jobs like this or situations where you can't make a phone call, but you, these people always text in their questions or comments either on Facebook, either to Jennifer Perry or to Madam Perry Salon. So just be sure to call in or share your question or comment for Bo. He's a lovely person to talk with. <laughs> oh, thanks. I have so much more to ask you. But by the way, right now, though, I remember the 646-716-9922- um, I've got a, a message to play in just a minute, so I'm going to give you about sixty seconds, Bo. If you want to get something to drink or whatever, and come right back, and uh,
0: we'll I'll be Very good. All right. So Chuck, talk to us about Fisdale being the Knicks' new coach. What's your uh, thoughts on that? Well, well, I tell you right now, Ernie, it don't matter who's going to coach this team. They don't got no talent on we it, and there. I don't I don't really feel like talk. That's kind of harsh. I don't feel like talking talk about the Knicks right don't now. You want to talk about lunch? No. <laughs> what would you like to talk about, Chuck? See, Ernie, I've been listening to a podcast called Madam Perry Salon. And I think Jennifer Perry, she's a great host. I mean, she got all these bestseller authors, roster, all the dip comedians. What about people you that could, don't have a <laughs> Here we go. Got Real fun. <laughs> Real fun. <laughs> but I think she's great. And I think people would love her show. She got a great laugh. She made the laugh come out of nowhere like an eagle come in there and just steal the whole show. It's, it's it's a beautiful thing. It's not terrible.
1: All right. This is Madam Perry, Jennifer Perry, J.A.P. here with Bo and I'm so happy to have you here. You know, speaking of unusual things, I guess, um, you know, we were talking before the show about how so many things have changed And uh, people are doing things differently and learning things differently, you know, um, and our habits. We were talking about – tell, if you don't mind, share your story about karaoke.
2: Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Every Friday and Saturday, I host a a karaoke at a local bar called The Planet. And uh, when the shutdown happened, all the bars in our area closed down completely and so it was like six weeks where, you know, nobody had that outlet anymore. And I, a couple of people had said something to me, like, I really miss karaoke. Like I miss coming to the planet. And I was like, yeah, you know, I pro- I should do something about this. <laughs> so I, uh, I got a zoom, one of those premium accounts. And there's a, there's a website called watch together where you can all watch the same video at once. And I, organized like a virtual karaoke session where we sign into the zoom so we can all talk to each other like in real time and then uh i control the cue and the music and they like basically text me their uh song request that they want to sing and then everybody in the everybody in the meeting mutes while one person sings and i play the music and it was really, really strange the first time we did it, because you're sitting alone, basically, in your house, like, singing to no one, but <laughs> it quickly became, you know, a regular thing where we did it, like, every Saturday night then.
1: Oh, okay. All right. So, yeah, so it's – it's everybody's gotten with the program, so to speak. Everybody's in the groove with it.
2: Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. And this weekend I couldn't do it because on Sunday I did a uh, a local, a local comic book shop had pre comic book day, so I went there to sign up and sell art and sign books and whatnot, and so I had to get up real early in the morning, so I didn't do karaoke on Saturday night, and I had some fairly disappointed people, but Aww. sometimes you gotta do what you gotta do. <laughs> and
1: and you play, you, you play piano. No, no. Oh, okay. All
2: right, I see. No. Okay. No, All right. I. Well, I don't know if you've ever seen me. Well, you've seen me. But everybody always asks me if I'm in a band, and that's like the one thing that I don't do. Like I'm not in a band, <laughs> and I don't play
1: instruments. <laughs> okay. Well, I, actually, I was just gotten a message from. Uh, Listen to this. Um, so I. I this guy knew that I was going to mention him next. Uh, I had gotten to where I was started going to a, a little club. It's like a little bar and grill place, it's not too far from where I live. And a guy I've known for a long time, a musician named David Reeb. Uh, he's played with my groups back in the past, and uh, we do a few gigs together. But he does a lot of the uh, piano bar, open mic things. And so he started playing at this place called uh, the Buckeye. And then on Sunday nights, he would have people come to open mic. And then in the back room, which isn't that far back, there would be blackjack with Miss Lauren. And Miss Lauren is a drag queen who, um, yeah, so she's does the blackjack and all that. And she she teaches you too. So if you don't know, like I didn't know what to do, she said, "Oh, sit down. You'll learn. Sit down." And that was my thing. I got to work great Sunday nights. I could sing, listen to David play. Sing, go back with Miss Lauren and play blackjack. <laughs> it's a great time, and so now and then David just said, "Don't forget, I do FB live, or oh, that's Facebook. He's here on Facebook Monday through Friday from ten to eleven p.m. playing piano for everyone." So wow, uh, yeah. So thank you, Dave. So uh, yeah, so he he's on there ten to eleven. We can listen to him, all of us that miss him, and. uh I'm going to tell him, yeah, you ought, to, you ought to up it, Dave. You ought to let us uh, sing with you. So, yeah, we, you're right. We are learning to do things to mind. If this is not too personal a question to ask you, and if it is.
2: Probably not. And
1: just, and Go if, ahead. if it is, just tell me, or as we say in the south, okay. just tell me, tell me in a nice way, hon. I'd like to know more. I'd like to explore, as I say, your robot sidekick,
2: <laughs> with whom you
1: on the on on the low fight crime and not only crime but mediocrity in North Central Pennsylvania. I mean, especially as you do it on on the low. You know, I got a couple of friends lately that tell me I'm sneaky, but and I resent that because I didn't think that you know that means that I wasn't that sneaky at all if they caught me. So. Can, can, well, is it, is, it, is it a lot of secret work, or could you share a little bit of that with me? <laughs> well,
2: unfortunately, unfortunately, the robot and I have parted ways. He uh, oh. he decided to go do something on his own. Dang. Uh, but uh, oh, no, like I, you know, it's like I I feel like I'm one of those people who like tries to get other people to do stuff that they normally wouldn't like. <laughs>
1: Soul brother.
2: <laughs> I, you know like I do uh, One of the things I do every year At, at hollow, uh, around ho- time of Halloween Is I produce and direct And act in uh, uh, The Rocky Horror Picture Show Like we do a live version of it wow. And I have a really really good friend Who's a fantastic singer But uh, her Her self esteem at certain points, is not that great. Like, she's really awesome, and she knows she's really awesome, but she has a hard time, I don't know, sharing it sometimes, I guess. And so I tried for years to get her to be in the show with us, and she wouldn't, and she wouldn't, and she wouldn't. And then, uh, surprise also, I do burlesque as well from time to time. Uh Ooh. I, yeah, I got her to kind of come out of retirement and do a burlesque show that I produced. And afterwards, she was like, I'm so glad you made me do that. Like, I wasn't ever, I didn't think I'd ever do this again. Like, and I said, you know, dude, you're awesome. You got to do more stuff like this. And so then finally, I said, I said, come, come be in Rocky Horror with us. And she was like, I don't know. And I was like, you didn't want to do burlesque again. But look what happened when I talked you into that. Uh-huh. She was like, "Yeah, you're right, so she ended up coming and being in Rocky, and then she took a small role the first year, and then the next couple of years she wanted to do more so but i I've had a couple of friends like that where it's just like you, you know come on guys you you can you can do this like do it, don't be afraid. I
1: like it, I like it, I can dig it uh, yeah,
2: You've that's sort of my way day? to fight." That that's my way to fight mediocrity. Like get people to do more. Like, awesome people.
1: It's perfect. It's perfect.
2: I love it.
1: Have you have you been to Atlanta,
2: Bo? Oh gosh, not in any like. I I I've probably driven through Atlanta, but not actually visited for any amount of time.
1: Oh. So yeah, it's definitely traveling. on my bucket yeah. list. Yeah, we'll have to get you down here. Um, must. Because I
2: hear wonderful it. things about it.
1: In fact, I think one day I was talking uh, – once when I was met um, – it might have been in Chicago at Book Expo when I was talking to some people from Dream Spinner Press. And I said – they gave me books, and I said, yeah, I'd love to have some of your authors on a, on a podcast. And she says, you know we're gay, right? And I said, you know I'm from Atlanta, right? <laughs> and, they said, oh. <laughs> and they said, oh, Atlanta, okay, yeah, yeah, all right, great, you guys are good. And I thought, well, that was nice, that was a nice reaction rather than, you know, somebody that just didn't think that we were all hillbillies or something down here. So right. uh, I I appreciated them for that. Um, so yeah, 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 I had to come down, it was lots of fun when we're all traveling again. So yes, that is a great mediocrity. Now, how are you and the robots uh, uh, parted ways? I don't know. Maybe I'll get you to talk about that if you ever come back, if you will come back. But um, I hope it was something amicable, not something like, you know, you just got sloppy in a relationship and put the wrong kind of oil in and tried to go cheap or something.
2: Right. No, Replace our aspirations with just different became refurbs.
1: different. What now?
2: <laughs> I, said, I, I think our aspirations just became different, that's all.
1: Yeah, yeah, it happens.
2: I think he wants to be the first robot president, which, more power to him.
1: hmm I like that. Maybe, yeah. Why not? Um, somebody's got to be first.
2: <laughs> right?
1: Right. If you were a time-traveling squirrel, or when you are, where would you want to travel in time, and why?
2: <gasps> oh, That's such a good question. There are so many places I'd like to visit, like I would love to I would love to be in England when like the Beatles were right before the Beatles were the Beatles
0: mm.
2: and get to see some of those like club shows that they did
1: oh yeah, or even I think, think that would be they amazing take church, coffee houses
2: oh yeah, yeah, that'd be one of the big ones
1: that's good,
2: yeah. I mean, I would definitely like to go back and see Victorian anything as well because I, I feel like I have sort of a weird spiritual connection with that time just because, I don't know, aesthetically, I guess. Right. Yeah,
1: so, um, yeah, that would be exciting. Um, travel yet? Have you tried to just – no, no,
2: I have not. I have not taken that leap yet.
1: No. Okay. I, um, you know, when I can't sleep, I get a couple in my, you know, I close my eyes, breathe slowly, and uh, in my mind, I grab a few friends of mine from the Wild Wild West Con Steampunk Conventions out in uh, Tucson, and uh, we go visit Lucas and Mark McCain, or we go to the Ponderosa and visit, but nobody can touch Pernell Roberts. I mean, Adam.
2: <laughs> yeah, they
1: gotta keep, got keep their mitts off of Adam. But everything else is fine. We have a good time. And then I fall asleep and it's all good. So you've uh, got something you know. coming up too, we bought re uh a steampunk book, kind of a steampunk fairy tale, I understand?
2: Yeah, I did a I did a steampunk fairy tale a while back for uh Dream Spinner for one of their anthologies. Mm-hmm. And uh the the editor really liked it but wanted it to be like felt like it it would do better as its own like standalone book. So basically I'm I'm sort of retooling that so that it can stand alone as a, it's a, an, a, as an actual novel rather than short story.
1: Mm, okay. All right. And uh,
2: and that's probably going to be more in the young adult vein as well.
1: Oh, sweet. Do you do you like to read a lot of steampunk theme? Are you a pretty big fan?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean it's I I, I you know how people always like get upset when something they like starts to go mainstream because steampunk is starting <laughs> to become pretty mainstream. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like I I why I. I, like, kind of understand sometimes why people have a problem with it. But, like, why wouldn't you want more people to be into the same thing that you're into? Like, yeah. I I think it's great that people are – and, like, I don't have to explain steampunk as much as I did, like, five or six years ago. Like, when when I would say steampunk to somebody, they'd be like, what are you talking about? But now I can say <laughs> steampunk and they kind of already know what I'm talking about.
1: It's like, what did you call me? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I mean, sure, there's going to be you – know, I think there's enough latitude and the creativity with steampunk to where, you know, there's all kind of like the diesel punk and Apocalypse and da-da-da-da. There's a lot of that. Yeah. yeah sure. There's been some uh, – let's see, um, at Wild West Con uh, this year, I met a guy from New Zealand. He comes every year, and he he worked with the New Zealand uh, groups there on their shows. And I said, yeah, there's a TV show um, – I can't think of the name of it, but – oh, Broken Wood. It's uh, one of those – police suspense shows takes place in New Zealand and they had an episode where somebody gets killed during a steampunk convention or event and then my friend uh, you know Thomas Williford he lives in Pennsylvania and he's what they call a steampunk maker and you know he creates all kinds of um, not just gear and clothing but he's got a big I don't know a huge robot that's out of some uh, highway now as a but he was the oh. judge of steampunked. Remember the steampunked competition show where they had to the, the people. Yeah, yeah. To make yeah okay. He mm-hmm. was he was one of the judges. Okay. And tall guy with long red hair, he was one of the judges. And then some of the other people in there who were contestants, like James, um like Tobias McCurry and Taylor's Forge when there and they all I've met all of them through uh Wild Wild Westcom. Awesome. And um, You know what? I had a point there somewhere, and I think I've just lost it all together. Oh, oh, no, but I was <laughs> going to say, I know that, <laughs> I know that uh, the last time uh, Thomas Williford was on the show here, he was talking about one event. He was working uh, as a vendor at some con, California, and then he met somebody that wanted to hire him to make some things for a TV show. He ended up doing something on a TV show called Castle. He built parts for uh, a character on there. Oh wow, where the storyline fed to that, and then I think also a soap opera, yeah, and I was just think, you know why not if you enjoy it and bring it to more people if you're for you know, why keep it a secret and hide it?
2: yeah, right I mean, you see things. it a lot with bands too, when bands like sign something and get like a contract, then people are like, "Oh, they sold out. It's like, no, that's the point <laughs> that's the whole point <laughs> of what they're trying to do, like they didn't sell out, they became successful. <laughs>
1: They want three square meals a day, okay? Cut us some slack.
2: <laughs> right?
1: <laughs> when, when I used to have a, uh, I had a TV show in Atlanta for, uh, back in the late 90s, and one of the things I had when the local musicians come on, I'd have them um, do a, a recipe because I'd say, you there's no middle class in the arts. You're either, you know, dirt poor and scraping your way from one to the other or you can afford to trash the hotel room. And mm-hmm. I have people say, "Give us, give me one of your road recipes." There'd be anything from somebody would say, uh, "Oh, well, you know, when your car overheats, and you stop. You know, you're on the way, so you got to stop. Just go ahead and get your little pot out and some water and ramen noodles, and you put the water in the pot, put it on the radiator, and when the noodles explode, it's done. And then by then, the, <laughs> the car's cooled off, and you can keep on going. <laughs> there you go. So, yeah, why wouldn't why would they want to give that up? <laughs> Right. Of course yeah. they wanna sell they're not selling out, they just wanna be paid for what they do. So yeah. yeah.
2: Um
1: what I know you you've recreated the, the the um uh karaoke experience in a beautiful way and I just uh, look forward to more work from you. And do you, you you don't see? Do you see the um, do you see the robot coming back anytime? Do you see a reunion somewhere down the road where we can say back together again?
2: Oh, we'll see. Maybe. Uh-huh. Maybe maybe that'll be maybe that'll be the next uh, the next time I come talk to you.
1: I wish you would. And actually, I do hope you'll come back. So please say that you will.
2: <laughs> I will absolutely.
1: Okay, great. Thank you. And, uh, yeah, and, you know, I got to say, you know, I tell people, you know, give a call or a message. And a lot of times after the show, if nobody calls, then after the show, everybody starts going, oh, I loved it. That was great. They go, why did you call? I was having fun listening. So for all my <laughs> listeners out there now and later, you know, please continue to share. I will also be providing links to Bo Shimmeri's, uh where to get his books. Uh, I'll share it on all of my social media as Madam Perry and as Jennifer Perry, both on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, everywhere. I'll be sharing that. And anything you've got new coming up or a new release, Bo, I hope that you will um, send that to me, send me links as well, so I can share that with all of my followers.
2: I absolutely will.
1: Thank you. And... uh, this has just been a delight. You you are enchanting and
2: oh, thank you.
1: I, I'm so this glad. Is I, amazing. Okay, I'm so glad I got to have you here at the genie bottle, and uh, hope you'll come back. And yeah, it was just like I was going to. I thought I have kept that autograph from you all this time because you put two Jennifer on it, and. Now, now I get to have yeah, you Yeah, I have you
2: you to
0: swing,
2: though Well, <laughs>
1: Vaccine. mother girl.